This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Here we go again. Health officials have confirmed Marburg virus outbreak in the Central African nation of Equatorial Guinea as well as two suspected cases in neighboring Cameroon. At least nine people have died from the Ebola-like virus in Guinea, with 16, Equatorial Guinea, with 16 suspected cases being monitored. The World Health Organization said it is sending medical experts to help stem the outbreak. So if there's an incubation period of 2 to 21 days, fever, chills, headache, Around the fifth day uh, after the onset of symptoms, a rash, most prominent on the trunk, chest, back, or stomach may occur, nausea, vomiting, chest pain, sore throat, abdominal pain, diarrhea may appear. Symptoms become increasingly severe and can include jaundice, inflammation of the pancreas, severe weight loss, delirium, shock, liver failure, massive hemorrhaging, and multi-organ dysfunction. Man, does that sound like a virus you want. Uh, so sure, many signs of symptoms of the old MVBD, MVD, the Marburg virus, um, are similar to other infectious diseases such as uh, malaria, typhoid fever, or viral hemorrhage fevers that may be endemic in the area, such as Lassa fever or Ebola. And if you're not familiar with Lassa fever, L-A-S-S-A fever, it's an animal-borne or zoonotic acute viral illness spread by the common African rat. Right now, over 200 people have been quarantined in Equatorial Guinea, Uh, In the one province where the virus was detected, there's no approved vaccines or antiviral treatments. So coming to a country near you very soon, very possibly the Marburg virus. Man, does that sound fun. Welcome. It doesn't sound fun at all. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Did you know, on average, more than one car crashes into a 7-Eleven storefront every day? (laughs) Don't look at me. That's according to data revealed in a recent lawsuit where the convenience store chain paid out a big settlement to a man who was injured in a crash. But it's not the only retailer getting unintended drive-through visits. The Storefront Safety Council, and I'm a huge fan of the Storefront Safety Council, says there are 100 crashes into buildings each day. And 24% of those happen at retail stores. About one out of every 10 daily crashes is caused intentionally by thieves. The rest are just really just accidents. So I went to the Storefront Safety Council's website and 
And it says that uh, vehicles crash into restaurants, stores, and other types of businesses as many as 100 times per day in the United States. Over 16,000 customers, pedestrians, and employees are injured in such crashes, and tragically, as many as 2,600 more are killed. These accidents typically happen when drivers of all ages make mistakes, especially when they're pulling into or out of parking spaces at that face storefronts. Now, according to the Storefront Safety Council, which was launched back in 2012, it's comprised of volunteers from a variety of backgrounds who are passionate about ending vehicle into building crashes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess, I, you know what? I'm passionate about ending uh, vehicle into building crashes. Uh, one, I, you know what? I don't know that I'm passionate, but I don't want it to happen. I'm, I'm for it not happening. <laughs> And one of the founders was actually hit and seriously injured by a car that crashed into a convenience store back in 2008. Another founding member in, uh, includes uh, experts in parking, perimeter security, risk management, and related professional industries. Wouldn't it be better? And if I if I am a, uh, a, a an engineer, a designer of a mall or, you know, a strip mall or a storefront, say like, I don't know, a 7-Eleven, a, a standalone 7-Eleven. Wouldn't it be simple to just put up a barrier between the store and the parking lot uh, where cars have to smash into the barriers if they are going to go directly toward the building? So people could, you could make spaces for people to walk between the barriers but vehicles wouldn't be able to bypass the barriers i'm sure from time to time maybe a vehicle goes fast enough to come up over the barrier and smash into the store i mean it is possible that you're still going to have some sort of accident but i would say that that would probably drop the crashes dramatically why can't we just do that i i don't understand that that seems that seems like something that is a common sense fix to these convenience stores. And then I'm thinking about what was the case. I, I don't remember hearing about this settlement case. So in Illinois, a guy reached a settlement with uh, 7-Eleven prior to going to a jury trial for $91 million. $91 million. Now, the man was waiting in front of a 7-Eleven store in Bensonville, I guess that's Illinois, uh, for his carpool ride to a food processing plant when a motorist pulling into a parking space stepped on his car's accelerator instead of the brake. The car lurched over a curb across a sidewalk and pinned the man against the storefront. All right, so let's think about that for a second. If there was a larger barrier there, that would not have happened. Why can't we just put those in front of the convenience stores? It's just a thought. So now, uh, because of that, because of him being pinned up against the storefront, the injuries required the amputation of both his legs above the knees. Oh my gosh. The man was hospitalized for a month after the crash and now walks using prosthetic legs. He's been through a lot of pain, according to his attorney. Well, the 2017 crash was one of thousands of similar incidents identified in the discovery case. Yeah, that's what we what gave us those numbers uh, earlier. But he got 91 million dollars. Now, I guess if you were to say how much losing your legs above the knees is worth to you, 
uh, you know, I guess if there's a price on that, and I don't know that there actually is a price on that, uh, it's $91 million. So uh, just amazing. So I just, between those numbers, uh, between those numbers, I mean, more than one car crashes into a 7-Eleven storefront every day. Now that is, seems like a stat that would make you want to put uh, some sort of barrier to stop that between the parking lot and the store. But what do I know? Another story that uh, I thought, well, there's got to be a better way. So U.S. regulators, uh, OSHA, have fined Mars Wrigley, the maker of Snickers and Skittles, after two workers fell into a tank of chocolate at its Pennsylvania factory last June. Now, OSHA fined the uh, confectionery and chewing gum maker $14,500 for the incident. I mean, fourteen five dollars for the incident for Mars Wrigley seems a little low. However, uh, they have to replace a bunch of stuff. Uh, the employees uh, of an outside employer, a service corporation who cleaned the tanks. <laughs> okay, so it's a subcontractor company that comes in and cleans the tanks. All right. Um, okay. So they're, they're inside there cleaning the tanks. They fall into the tank and the tank was not full. So the tank was up to their legs, I believe. Waist high. They were waist high in this chocolate tank. So now you've got to throw out all the chocolate because these dingleberries fell in the, the chocolate <laughs> chocolate tank. And so to get them out, I don't know why we couldn't just, I don't know, pull them out from the top. What do I know? But uh, they brought in the, uh, the firefighters and the firefighters drilled a hole in the bottom of the tank, pulling them out. I'm confused at why they had to drill a hole in the bottom of the tank to pull them out. So not only do Mars Wrigley have to pay the fine to OSHA, but they have to replace the tank and the chocolate and perhaps find another company to clean their tanks. Of course, Mars Wrigley said the safety of our associates and outside contractors are top priority for our business. Uh, as always, we appreciate OSHA's collaborative approach uh -huh, uh, to working with us to conduct the after-action review. They said that uh, Mars Wrigley will uh, now provide uh, better safety training because they failed to provide these contractors with adequate safety training prior to this. You need a safety training to know not to fall into the tank with chocolate? Uh, we do need to find a different company. That's <laughs> and I still don't know why they had to fool. If you work for Mars Wrigley and can tell me why we had to drill a hole in the bottom of this tank to rescue these workers, pulling them out. Does that mean that they couldn't get them? They couldn't pull them out because they were waist high in the chocolate that was too, is like uh, quicksand. So they had to drill a hole in the bottom so that the chocolate would, would drain out so that they were able to pull them up out of there. Maybe that's why. Maybe I, you know, again, what do I know? Okay, so in downtown Dallas, there was a guy who climbed onto the 
the crane. There, you know, those construction boom cranes that they have all over America, or at least here in Texas, because cities are actually building things. Um, and so apparently, this guy climbed up the crane and went out on the boom, and he was walking back and forth. And when the construction guy came to work uh, <laughs> the other morning, uh, he said there was a man on top of the crane, and he just refused to get off the boom. He wouldn't leave. So they called the police and uh, the police arrived and they uh, joined the man on top of the crane. He still refused to come down. So he was up there for 24 hours. There's no construction work getting done from this crane. Uh, They closed down the area. This three or four block radius in Dallas, they closed it down. I'm so happy I didn't have to drive down there or work or live down there. I would have been so mad. Uh, So uh, they arrived. They let him. They left him up there. I mean, with not coming down, he would he would pace up and down on the crane's boom, sometimes climbing up onto the guy wires, and other times sitting down and rest the boom. I mean, wasn't there anybody? <laughs> Jump! We got to get back to work. Let's go. Uh, you know, I know our president is famous for saying, "Don't jump," but and there you want to be able to maybe get down off the crane. Uh, so. Apparently, the guy uh, made it through the night, but there were storms and strong winds. Yeah, the first of the week was really uh, storming and blowing here. Uh, You can quote me on that. It was storming and blowing. And uh, so the Dallas Fire Rescue said uh, he he was taking shelter in the crane's cab. And so that morning they went up the ladder and got the man out of the cab and they, you know, brought him down. He was sheltering in the cab and they took him into custody. Apparently he had a self-inflicted cut to his abdomen, but that injury was not life-threatening. And before being brought down, he was medically evaluated at the top of the crane. He was then strapped to a harness and lowered to the ground while attached to a Dallas firefighter who was also a member of the department's urban search and rescue team. Well, congratulations to him. Great job. We appreciate you getting him down. Wish you could have been a lot faster at your job. Uh, Maybe that was faster. I mean, the guy's whacked out of his mind. He's, you know, he climbs up on top of this crane. He's pacing back and forth on the boom. Uh, Those things move around. It's storming and windy. Uh, I mean, they're they're doing some movement. At some time, uh, sometimes they, you know, they tip over. And it takes an awful lot to blow them over. But it does happen. A lot of times they lock them, you know, so they don't go in a circle. I've heard that sometimes they unlock them if they think there's going to be huge storms so that they don't tip over you know they would just roll that boom would just kind of blow in the breeze what my question is is how did he get up there all right because they have a i mean those doors are usually locked you don't just climb up the ladder to the top of the crane i mean you have a you know a, a gateway and a door you have a construction area first of all that you have to get in Right, and then you have to bypass whatever door or gate is locked on the crane itself, let alone getting to the crane to actually get to the ladder to climb up to the the cab and or out to the boom. So there's got to be a little bit of an investigation on that. Uh, well, how that actually happened, but I would have been so mad. <laughs> uh, this guy is stopping me if that in that area and the money we spent for the police and the rescue workers the loss of work on the construction site for this crazy guy out there on that crane man that would have been maddening but hey 
They got him down safely, and now he's going to be evaluated. He hasn't been charged with any charges yet. He's got to be looked at by the hospital, or I should. there has to be further evaluation. I'm sure there's going to be further evaluation on the construction site and the crane operator as well to see if he locked it when he left the night before or if it was wide open. And so everybody's going to have a little bit of further evaluation going on from this particular case. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. So I feel like uh, Hoda wants to get rid of Jenna Bush on the old NBC Today show. I don't know. It just feels that way. Uh, every time I turn around, there's a story, you know, kind of besmirching Jenna Bush Hager, and I don't care. Uh, you know, good for her. She's been on the show since 2009, so she's been a, you know, regular fixture over there. But apparently, apparently, remember not too long ago, she was taking heat because she made a big deal about not wearing any underwear. <laughs> and Hoda made some big deal on the air about it, trying to make her look bad. Uh, did not make her look bad by the way but i guess it made her look bad in hoda's eyes and you don't want to be in bad look bad in hoda's eyes because i guess she runs the joint over there at nbc so apparently now jenna has been she's been selling luxury bedding online that bitch. <laughs> now i guess it's against the rules you know she can't be doing that so now people are pissed at her all over again and I guess, uh, you know, they make a big deal about, well, they don't want, uh, it's over at NBC. They don't want Lester Holt selling life insurance or Savannah Guthrie selling face cream. It tarnishes the entire news division's credibility. Are we considering that Jenna Bush Hager is part of the NBC news division? Okay, uh, you got me on that. If Hoda thinks she's part of NBC News, uh, that needs to be, <laughs> we need to uh, have some further evaluation done on that. That is for sure. So apparently she has a bowl and branch section for shoppers to browse through Jenna's top picks on her website. And uh, you know, bowl and branch has uh, been a sponsor on this program. I am a fan. Uh, I got no problem if she wants to hawk her betting on her website. Good for her. But oh no, not if she's part of NBC News. According to this, she reads on her website, My bed is a place I like to spend a lot of time. I wake up early and I can't wait to get back in. Welcome, Jenna. Welcome to Chewing the Fat and the World. <laughs> so she sleeps on the iconic signature sheets for years. Unmatched softness and love. I'm a fan of Bull and Branch, 100%. Uh, no, no question. But uh, now, you know, she's taking the heat again for this on her website, if true. And now they, they made a big deal about uh, her not wearing underwear because they were, and they made a big deal about it again because I guess NBC News uh, and Hoda, her and Hoda are getting ready to go on another trip. And, uh, you know, the deal is, is that, you know, she doesn't wear any underwear and she does, she has more room to pack other things because she doesn't have to pack any underwear. So I guess she's on the out, uh, on NBC today's show. So don't be surprised if Jenna takes a, takes a walk because Hoda, you don't want to mess with Hoda. 
I will say that uh, don't mess with Lester Holt. He's the man over there at NBC. Uh, been a fan of Lester for a long time. You know, kind of. But uh, don't mess with uh, Hoda. I mean, Savannah Guthrie learned that lesson. <laughs> hey, you do not mess with Hoda. I, I have to apologize to you, the listener of Chewing the Fat. I'm sorry. Uh, when I make a mistake, I'm out in front of it 100% of the time. And yesterday, uh, we failed to celebrate. If you're listening live, today is the 16th of February, 2023. And you can uh, you can email the show. Always email the show, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. Uh, I think I'm still on Getter. Uh, I don't know uh, what the what my handle is on Getter, but you can find me. It may be Jeffy JFR. And uh, you can go to the YouTube page, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You can order a cameo from me at Jeffy JFR. That's not free, though. Okay. That may cost you a couple bucks, but I'll do a cameo friendly. I'll be nice. I'll be mean. I'll be, you know, whatever you want. Whatever you want, just order the cameo at Jeffy JFR. Uh, okay. So I get that out of the way. I, I'm in the middle of my apology. Uh, I want to apologize because uh, we did not celebrate something that needed to be celebrated. All right. Yesterday, and we could celebrate it any day we want. Okay. So maybe I shouldn't even apologize. Maybe I could just say we celebrated today. But I'll apologize because yesterday was the day. And we, yesterday was World Hippo Day. And we didn't celebrate. And I, no one supports hippopotamuses more than this show. No one. I guarantee you that. No one. No one <laughs> supports hippopotamuses and zoos more than this show. Uh, that, I believe that to be 100% true. I mean, if you go back to episode 11, episode 11 of this show, uh, I do. I have a separate show about the plan to bring hippopotamuses and camels to America. Episode 11. Now this show is, uh, we, no one supports zoos and hippopotamuses more than this show. Okay? So you go all the way back to episode 11, the plan to bring hippopotamus and camels to America. We also have, uh, I believe we talked about the Virginia Zoo, who had the uh, new little albino hippopotamus born uh, around Christmas. Hello. Oh, the pygmy, not the albino, it was the pygmy uh, hippopotamus. Uh, that was born uh, right around Christmas at the... Uh... <laughs> I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Hello. They got one. So I, you know, we didn't celebrate uh, World Hippo Day. We should have. Completely my fault. I I mean, I, I apologize. Okay. Now there are some, you know, Facts that you might want to learn or know about hippos. They're the third largest land mammal on earth. Okay. They're uh, amphibious and herbivores. Uh, they love to spend time with family and friends. Fight over territory are very dangerous. You don't want to mess with a hippo. <laughs> Do not mess with a hippo. You can quote me on that. And they're also facing terrible pressures on their survival in the wild. Yeah, that's why we have zoos. Hello. So if they're out in the wild and we're losing them in the wild, um, tell them, hey, pack a bag and come do a zoo. 
<laughs> That's how much I support hippopotamuses, okay? You go, you're getting close to extinction? Pack a bag. We're moving you to the zoos. Anyway, um, happy World Hippo Day. And uh, go out and celebrate by, I don't know what. Go to the zoo and throw a head of cabbage at the hippos and watch them eat it. That's a good way to celebrate World Hippo Day. And in more zoo news, the Central Park Zoo has been missing Flacco, the Eurasian eagle owl that uh, has been flying around and they can't catch him. (laughs) Apparently his enclosure at the Central Park Zoo uh, was cut by a vandal that cut through the mesh enclosure. So people, you know, that has to stop. We got to stop vandalizing zoos, okay? The zoos need to uh, update their security details around the country. We need to make that happen. But anyway, so uh, someone uh, vandalized the Eurasian eagle owl's owl's, uh, enclosure. I I don't know if the effort was going to try to catch the owl or not. But uh, you're not catching Flacco. Okay, Flacco's like, no, I'm out of here. So uh, the zoo staff has been up trying to capture him, bring him back to the zoo. And uh, Flacco's having none of that. (laughs) I love this story, though. We're stressed and frustrated and tired. One employee requested anonymity because zoo workers were ordered not to speak to the press. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Don't say anything about your... You know, being up late and trying to catch the Eurasian eagle owl. You just don't say, we've been up all day and night. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, look, uh, he was spotted near Bergdorf Goodman on Fifth Avenue before headed back to Central Park. So, maybe we'll do a little shopping. Uh, You know, get a new new pair of gloves. You know, maybe maybe a pair of glasses. I don't know. New sweater. Something from Bergdorf. It's not a cheap place. Uh, and then he headed back to Central Park. So it's stuck close to the zoo. He's in the trees of the park. And I guess he's even gone back into the zoo. Maybe he goes back into the zoo, sees a few friends. How you doing? What's up? There is a life out there. You don't have to stay here. I'm out. All right, I'll talk to you later. I'll be outside of the zoo. So they're still trying to catch old Flacco. Maybe they have him already. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen a report that they have captured Flacco and brought him back to his enclosure, back to his imprisonment in the zoo. Uh, but once free, man, you gotta you gotta let Flacco hang out, right? He's a Eurasian eagle owl. He's up there in the old trees of Central Park, looking at the babes, checking out the woodpeckers, smoking a. <sighs> yep, I am Flacco, the Eurasian eagle owl. <sighs> Not going to catch me. (laughs) So, I don't know. I don't know if I'm on the side of Flacco or the zoo. I guess I have to be on the side of the zoo. Flacco, get back to your, get back to your cage. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... 
I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. So who died today? Who died today? Raquel Welch. Actor. International sex symbol. Icon dead at the age of 82 i know she had a brief illness and she passed away very sad we saw her a couple years ago remember she was kind of a recluse we saw her out shopping and she looked uh well she looked a lot different than how you think how you remember raquel looking but she was still uh hello raquel welch (laughs) uh she had i mean she was a pop culture icon and, uh, I mean, she was the most desired woman in the 70s, according to a Playboy. In 2013, uh, she graced the number two spot on Men's Health Hottest Women of All Time list. <laughs> right, and I even mentioned this today. I, I, I was talking about Brad. In this story, they mention it. And uh, that's incredible that they mentioned it in the story because I remembered it this morning. I was on with Brad on uh, Mojo doing my Thursday morning uh, hit with him. And I remember, remember, uh, in Shawshank Redemption, the last poster that Tim Robbins uses, uh, I'm sorry, Andy Dufresne uses to cover up his tunnel is of Raquel Welch. And, uh, that's when, uh, cause he used Rita Hayworth and, uh, Marilyn Monroe, I think was another one, um, whatever. But, uh, I just remember Raquel because the warden comes in and says, how about you sweet cheeks? You got any answers? And he throws the, he throws the rocks, uh, at the poster. And that's when the, the rocks go through the poster and that's when they find the tunnel. So anyway, that's what I was, was just remembering her from Shawshank. And so, I mean, Raquel Welch is a iconic symbol for years she made a fortune on her wig company i'm not sure that it was just wigs no it was uh uh wigs uh with human hair synthetic lace front hair pieces and other brands i mean if you go to uh wigs.com under the raquel welch (laughs) uh banner uh she is the deal and they have a picture of her on the website uh, in loving memory of Raquel Welch, 1940 to 2023. And they have her modeling. She looks like, if you've ever gone to the website, Real Doll, uh, you know, realdoll.com. And, uh, you know, they, they make, uh, they're, they're not real people. They're just dolls. Uh, I mean, uh, people. Anyway, uh, she looks like one of those. She looks like a real doll. Well, if she was, Jeff, she was a real doll. Okay. A real human doll. Okay. Okay. I got it. I know. So, anyway, Raquel Welch, uh, very sad, uh, dead at the age of 82. More uh, more sad news, not death news, though. Uh, those of you that like uh, Kelly and Ryan, or Ryan and Kelly in the morning uh, on ABC, uh, Ryan Seacrest has announced that he's stepping down from his hosting role on Live with Kelly and Ryan. So he's going to stay on ABC until the spring, and then uh, then he's going to go out. He said he's going to move back to Los Angeles, 
where he will continue hosting American Idol and Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest. Plus, his production company produces a bunch of shows. Plus, he does his premiere morning radio show. I mean, he still has a lot on the table. So, he's uh, leaving. So, Kelly finally pushed him out. Uh, Strahan was there before Seacrest. And then Seacrest showed up, I think. I think that's the timeline. Seacrest has been there for six years. Apparently, he signed a three-year deal and stuck around for another three. Now, Kelly's finally got pushed him out and finally got what she wanted to have happen. And that's her husband stepping in. So, yes, husband Mark Consuelos is going to be live with Kelly and Mark, I guess, uh, after they after Ryan finally leaves. And so good for them. It's going to be fun, fun, fun to have hubby and wife. That'll be a that'll be an interesting dynamic because how long does that? I mean, they've been married for quite a while now. How long has Kelly been married to the old Mark Consuelo? Wow, nineteen ninety six. They've been married a long time. So good for them. But uh, and you know he's an actor, but uh, you know having to work together every day on the morning show and then you know go home to each other. Ooh, that's <laughs> good luck. Uh, you could probably go to some Vegas betting site and bet the over and under on how long that marriage lasts once they start co-hosting a show together. But I don't know. You know, maybe they may, maybe it makes their love stronger. Okay, so the other day I played the clip, the clip of the inside the interview of Michael Strahan and Damar Hamlin. And Damar didn't want to answer a couple of questions. And it was, you know, here's the clip if you didn't hear it. It's uh, um, Michael Strahan from Good Morning America interviewing Damar Hamlin. It's an eight minute interview. This is about a minute out of that interview. From the ICU, the question on so many minds, what caused his heart to stop beating? You're 24, peak physical condition, can run circles around me right now. <laughs> <laughs> How did doctor describe what happened to you? Hello? Um, Hello? Tomorrow? Um... That's something I want to stay away from. Now, he also would not answer another question. The hit. You make the tackle. Do you remember standing up after you make that tackle? Hello? Um. That's something I don't really want to get into deep into in the details of. I was originally kind of ticked off about that. I thought, come on, Damar, you have to answer that question. Okay. But in the interview, he also said this. I know from my experience, the NFL, they do more tests than anything. And in the course of you having your physical, did anybody ever come back with any, say you had a heart issue or anything that was abnormal? Uh, Honestly, no. Um, I've always been a, a healthy, young, fit energetic uh you know human being let alone mm-hmm. athlete um so it, it was something that was just that we we still processing and i'm still talking through with my doctors just to see what everything was interesting so i want to apologize for damar being angry at damar for not answering those questions because i know 
uh, all the conspiracy theorists that want us to remember that uh, Pfizer is the NFL's seventh largest advertiser, spending nearly $120 million a season. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good... It's a pretty good chunk of change. However, uh, I was listening, uh, happened to be listening to Steve Dace yesterday. And uh, I apologize for not listening to Steve every day. I just, I I can't, I don't have the time. But I was at the studios and uh, I was listening to Steve's show. Someone did come up to me and ask me what I was listening to. And I did, and I answered correctly, chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher. Duh. That's the answer you have to answer if you're a subscriber to the show. However, I was listening to Steve's show and he said something that I hadn't thought of. And I thought, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of that? That was, I mean, it's absolutely, I think he's right. I, I, I would not be surprised if he isn't right. Uh, no, I would be surprised if he isn't right. Um, DeMar doesn't want to answer those questions. And the way he answered uh, that it was still ongoing with how fit he was prior to this is that he may be in the middle of a lawsuit or getting ready to sue the NFL and or Pfizer for the vaccine. And that uh, that will be, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, I would, if that lawsuit actually comes to light, would be enough to bring down a lot of things. But, uh, you know, maybe he's just, he'll go into the, into uh, Goodell's office and say, um, how about you give me, I don't know, $50 billion (laughs) and I'll just go away. Okay. Or we could make this all go public. I mean, it's just, it's, that's an amazing, that's why he didn't want to answer that was because of the lawsuit that, you know, again, could it be that it's because Pfizer is one of their big advertisers? Absolutely. Um, I would more like to believe that he is planning a lawsuit against the NFL and Pfizer for the vaccine. And that, that would be very, very interesting wouldn't it because we still have networks doing uh hit pieces on everything what could cause all this increase of heart attack deaths since the pandemic among the very young what could have caused that what do you think could have caused that i don't know could it have been the vaccine nope we don't even mention that we mentioned that it could be because they were unvaccinated. We mentioned because they were locked down and couldn't get to the gym, didn't eat right, didn't go see their doctor in time for updates. We mentioned that they were more likely, those people were, the younger people were more likely not to mask and they were more likely to get the vaccine late. But we don't mention maybe it was because they all got vaccinated. They don't mention that. So isn't it interesting that it's everything but what you're thinking. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. 
the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Good news. Coming from the FDA, they have unanimously recommended that Narcon be sold over the counter. The nasal spray can reverse the effects of an opioid overdose within minutes and has a 95% success rate when used correctly. It's been a key tool in combating an opioid crisis that's worsened during the pandemic. And uh, so, according to this, opioid overdose deaths increased by 17%. Of course, that's because of the rise of fentanyl all over the U.S. So, uh, you know, Narcan or Naloxone is available for emergency medical providers in all 50 states. But uh, pharmacies in most states can provide Narcan upon request. So good for you. Uh, They're not going to give it to you for free yet. But I'm sure that this administration will be working on that so that everybody can have uh, free Narcan walking around just in case you run into an opioid overdose and you're in the perfect place at the perfect time. You can save their life. And I'm sure there'll be a story out there that makes it so. So the government can spend a few billion dollars on making sure that everybody has free Narcon. But for right now, it's been recommended that Narcon can be sold over the counter. So you can get your own Narcan. That's great. So if you're, if you think that you know someone who may overdose, you may want to pick up a little Narcan from over the corner. Or if you are a person who may think that, you know, tonight I may overdose. <laughs> uh, you can go ahead and get your Narcan, uh, you know, over the counter so you can be ready for that possible overdose. That's good. That's good. Oh, uh, I see the new list of the safest cities in America. In the U.S., I'm sorry, not America. The the top 100 safest cities in the United States came out. Uh, it's time for all the, the big lists to come out. So uh, the key findings of these cities, well, hello, uh, just so you know, five of the top 10 were in Texas and in the DFW area. Uh, pretty amazing. Uh, when you look at the safest cities in America, the top 10, uh, number 10, Yonkers, New York. Who doesn't want to live in Yonkers? Uh, Sunnyvale, California. Glendale, California. Laredo, Texas. Alexandria, Virginia. Then you get into uh, Plano, Texas at number five. Santa Clarita, California, uh, sneaking in at number four. Then McAllen, Texas. McKinney, Texas. Frisco, Texas. So, I mean, uh, Plano, McKinney, Frisco, that's all DFW. So pretty amazing. Those are the uh, safest cities in the United States of America. Now, as part of the study, uh, Smart Asset also set out to determine which of the safest cities are most affordable. And so they ranked the 35 safest cities according to home affordability. Okay. Uh, Cary, North Carolina. Cary, North Carolina, number one. Oh, I didn't do this five to one. Oh, sorry about that. Well, it's, never mind. Forget what I said. Uh, number five, Frisco, Texas, which is DFW. Uh, Overland Park, Kansas, number four. Naperville, Illinois, number three. 
Oloth, Kansas. Ooh, a couple in Kansas. Uh, number two. And Carrie coming in at number one. You never would have guessed. Carrie, North Carolina as the number one safest, most affordable cities in America. So good for them. Congratulations to those particular cities. So I was clicking through the smart asset uh, top 100 safest cities, but they actually take you to 200. So the 200th uh, safest city in the United States, which I'm guessing really isn't that safe. Uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. (laughs) Orlando is 198th. Wow, as if you scroll through some of these, some of the the lists, it's a pretty incredible cities that you'd think were, you know, pretty safe. St. Petersburg, Florida, 188th. 188th. Let's just click through these pages, see if we can, uh, any cities jump out at us. Detroit's only 180th. All right, so they, you know, they're in the top 200. Good for them. Safest cities in America. Uh, anything good in here? Amarillo, Texas, 161. San Francisco, 152. Great job of keeping that city safe and affordable. Uh, we get into the Shreveport, Louisiana. Eh, who cares about that? 130, something like that. See, uh, Dallas, Texas. 130th, yeah, 130th in the safe. Tampa, Florida, 124th on this list. One of the safest cities in the U.S. Wow. Okay, all right. Austin, Texas, 110th on the list. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 115th on the list. Salt Lake City, 120th on the list of the safest cities in the United States of America. Wow. That's that's pretty amazing to me. Uh, Omaha, Nebraska, 94th. Lincoln, Nebraska, 76th. All right. All right, fine, whatever, whatever you think. Let's go down this list on town. Honolulu, 64th. All right. All right, fine, whatever. Let's wrap on this. Los Angeles is 46th. Arlington, Texas, which is DFW. Arlington and Fort Worth. Uh, 51st and 52nd uh, in the uh, safest cities in the United States of America. Uh, you have Grand Prairie, another DFW. Uh, DFW, that's 42nd. Uh, let's see, what do we got in here? Newark, New Jersey is 32nd. I don't buy that. Newark, New Jersey should be a lot lower on that list. But, you know, maybe it's gotten better. What do I know? I haven't been there in a while. It's fine. I just remember, you know, when I was when I was there. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and then you start getting into the, you know, the top 30. And those cities are, you know, fairly safe. Although I will say the top 100 safest cities in the U.S., Cary, North Carolina is 18th, but number one as far as most affordable and safe. So you're losing a little bit of safety for affordability as far as moving to Cary, North Carolina, but... I mean, I like North Carolina. I'm not going to badmouth North Carolina. Don't make me. Don't make me badmouth North Carolina. Don't do it. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.